Welcome to Raising Pensacola, a Pensacola Mom Collective podcast. Whether you're a new mom tackling the newborn stage or a seasoned mom navigating the empty nest, you are welcome here. We are all moms navigating this journey together. We are here to make sure you know your seat at our table is welcomed. So while you finish laundry, go for a walk, or are just grabbing your chair, join us as we are raising Pensacola together. Now, help me welcome your mom hosts, Casey Simpson, Jane Lauder, and Ann McDonald. It is exhausting being the one that makes all of the decisions, especially as we are all mothers. I think that we all feel that pressure to make the decisions, and sometimes we end up suffering with decision fatigue. I am an Enneagram 9, and if you know anything about the Enneagram, 9s struggle with decision making. We're happy with whatever you guys want. So... I was wondering, do you all struggle a little bit with being that ultimate decision maker? Yes, I am the ultimate decision maker in my house, not only with my family, but also my mom a little bit. Like (laughs) anytime we want to go out to dinner or anytime that's let's go do something today, it's always, well, what can we do? What can we eat? Where can we go? And so it it gets very exhausting being the one that everyone comes to to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm an Enneagram 8, so I I typically can just take the bull by the horns and run with it. But I I also, my brain never shuts off. My kids are, are like, Mom, why are you so tired? And I say, oh, well, what'd you think about today? You thought about, okay, I have to go to school and do school, and then I have to come home and do homework. I'm like, here's what went through my mind had to wake up. I had to pack you lunch. I had to get you out the door. I had to make sure you had everything in your, you know, and I'm like going on and like two minutes in, they're like, Oh wow. And it's true. My brain never shuts off. I mean, I wake up at 3am and I'm like, okay, who's going to get the kids from here to here? Because I have to go to the dentist at four. So that means I need to tell my husband what time I need him to get the first kid. And then what time I need the second kid to be at this class. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to miss my appointment and do it myself because it literally feels overwhelming to just try to get it all out there. Mm-hmm. Jane, you're overwhelming me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, my husband and I went to Europe last year, which was amazing. You guys, I kid you not. I said this to a couple of other moms. Have you ever written out your life in a week? Like written out where everyone needs to be, where everyone goes, the after school things. I thought to myself so many times, I don't know how that someone's going to do this. I'm going to have to send daily texts for just like little reminders. Um, But it is exhausting. And I do think there's a way out sometimes. (laughs) And I think that's why we wanted to bring it here to everybody today. You know, I think as moms, we feel you. We know it's not easy. We know you're tired, but you're not in it alone. And I think that's the key because sometimes it does feel lonely in the boat paddling upstream. Yeah. Yes. And I think once you have kids, you quickly fall into those roles as parents. You know, who's the decision maker? Who's kind of the, who's taking care of the family in that aspect of getting the kids to school, making their lunches, keeping them alive? You know, who's, who's that main parent doing that, you know? And so I fell into the role of really kind of being the one that was kind of taking care of all of that stuff. And as the kids got older, cause my husband's kind of ultimate 
comeback was always, well, you're in education, you're in child development, you just do this better than me. You know what they need, you know what needs to happen for them. And my response to him was always, you're a parent just like me. Like, just because I'm in education does not mean I know how to handle this situation or make a decision about this. Like, we've got to come together. And I know a lot of people use the term co-parenting when they're divorced and they're trying to both parent the child in that way. But I think we do, we should be doing co-parenting just in our household with our significant other, you know, making sure that we're a team and we're making those decisions together. Because I think that that just sets that tone of, I'm not going to be that ultimate decision maker. So I was joking. I just slowly stopped making tiny little decisions or slowly stopped doing tiny little things. And my husband would be like, are you going to do that? And I was like, I've just been so busy. I don't have time. He's like, oh, let me help you. And then he's like, he's like, you know, the whole with the rest, the restaurant, this is why we don't go out to eat. Where are we going to go? Everybody likes something different. And so our big thing is, is I'll make a choice. And if you knock it down, then it's your turn. Like now you get to decide, you know? And so of course, a lot of times my husband or one of the kids have picked up on this too. They'll say something outrageous that nobody wants just so then they they, <laughs> they pass the puck along. <laughs> You're like, okay, eventually we're either going to have to pick a place or nobody's eating dinner tonight. <laughs> right. And I think too, with this conversation, we are not talking about just big life decisions. We are talking about the minute decisions that come naturally to us every day. For example, what are the kids going to eat for lunch? What are they going to have for snack? What am I going to go to the grocery store? Who's going to make this appointment and different things like that. Things that, um, as you, if you really think about it, when we're adding all of these things up, it's a whole other job essentially that you're doing as a parent and so, um, yeah, as we continue this discussion, I, j- I just want to make that, um, you know, a little more obvious, like we are t- talking about the small daily decisions every day, because big life decisions, that's a whole other topic. Right. I mean, you're, you're absolutely correct. Cause you know, my husband is fantastic. And when it comes to the big life decisions, sometimes I lean on him more, you know, for the, not the immediate reaction, he's more thoughtful in that, but the day-to-day stuff. I mean, I have a kid with ADHD. So, you know, we're getting tested here. Then we have to do a medicine check. And then I'm, they're asking me and him if the medicine's working. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't go to school with them, but I mean, I guess it does, you know, and then we're going to the dentist and then we're going to the eye doctor and do we need glasses? And, you know, it's all these things. And then you get home and your husband's like, oh, we have a roof leak. Can you meet the roofer or the AC guy? And so it's all those those little minute things that sometimes I'm like, okay, well, what if I wasn't here? How would they get this done? Mm-hmm. You know, not I mean, just what if I just peaced out and went on vacation for two weeks? <laughs> um, but the truth is, at the end of the day, it's it's exhausting, but it's something that together we can we can conquer, mamas. We can conquer this together. Mm-hmm. So Jane, back to your kind of what would happen if I wasn't here for two weeks, I have really made it my mission to push my kids to be very independent. So I'm always picking something to put on next. Like this school year, it was make your own lunch. 
last school year, it was pick your clothes out, like get dressed on your own. Like you can handle this, you know, get your shoes on. And then this year it's like, now it's your packing your lunch. So you're not only responsible when we get home to unpack it, but in the morning you're responsible for packing it. So I have a question for you then, because I love this concept, but coming from one mom who has control issues, which I'm sure there's others listening today, shout out. Um, when you ask them to pack their lunch, do you double check it or do you not care if they have peanut butter and jelly, um, granola bar and Fritos and Doritos, you know, because that's what I feel like will happen in my house. And so the controlling part of me is like, well, I want to make sure they have a fruit and a turkey sandwich. And and then sometimes I'm like, just let it go, Jane. Just let it go. You know what? I'm actually surprised the teachers haven't called me this year to be like, can you please check your kid's lunchbox? Like, this is not okay. But we do have core items like they've got their fridge items that they have to put in their lunchbox. So that's the sandwich that I've made. The carrots always in the carrot. My son loves carrots. So he gets carrots every day. My other kid gets an apple every day. So those are kind of the things that are pre-made in these containers. So it's like you've got to have those. We call them their core items. Like you've got to have your core items in there every single day. And, but then, yeah, sometimes I look over and there's like a huge bag of goldfish. There's Doritos. There's a Swiss roll. But they know that if they're not eating those core items, they don't get to take the extra pantry items with them to school. And, but of course, you know, I don't know, I'm sure they're smart enough, but I don't know if they've realized like all they honestly would have to do is just throw it away <laughs> and then it would look like they ate it, but they, they don't do that. It only comes home like halfway eaten, but, um, so it was a couple times my son used to eat just a peanut butter sandwich and his friend ratted him out. He was like, Oh, well he never eats those. He always just throws it away. I was like, what? <laughs> so then we, we we switched to something else because I'm like, well, you've got to have some a core item that's mm-hmm. actually giving you protein and helping your body grow, not just chips. Yeah. I love that. I love that, you know, you are making the lunches essentially, but it is their responsibility to put everything in their lunch boxes. So they're also yes. taking ownership of that, which I think is a really great skill. Yeah. Raising independent kids takes it off of you, but sometimes getting them to the independence is is extra work that feels Mm -hmm. exhausting. So I'm like, fine, I'll just make the lunches. Fine. I'll just make it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think you're right though. It could take, it takes one less thing off, off mom's plate that they don't have to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a big thing. My sons play soccer and I told them they are not allowed to play another season unless they can put their socks their cleats and their shin guards on because I am tired of having to manhandle the the tall socks and then rip the shin guards on and get the cleats on. I was like, it's exhausting to do too, especially when you're me and you're always running late. So it's like, we're always like in a hurry trying to get this on. So I told him, I was like, we're not a lot. We're not doing another soccer season unless you can prove you can do it on your own. Yeah. So then Anne, if... I have, I have many questions about this. So if you tell them that and then they attempt to do it and there's tears, do you feel guilty? I have a lot of mom guilt. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I really don't feel a lot of guilt in terms of like mom guilt. A lot of times, a lot of times it's more like I think in the last episode, we talked about spring break. Like if I don't take my kids anywhere and then they don't have anything to say and they kind of feel left out of something, I feel that's when I feel like a guilt. But when they're, you know, my, my younger son's a crier. So I think he's cried it out of me. 
you know, that I'm just like, you know, get over it. Like you're fine. That's, <laughs> they've kind of beaten it out of me all these years, all that guilt. But, um, but yeah, the kids, I mean, if they can't put their cleats on and they're crying, I'm like, buck up buttercup. Like this is the time where you've got to learn. And so there's a level of that. I step in and help them. But with the understanding of you're old enough to be able to do this on your own. Like, uh, and I think that there was a big, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of this because my mom was a do everything for me. Absolutely everything. Like I didn't even know how to like toast a piece of bread when I moved out of the house, let alone do laundry or anything else. So I had to kind of learn all that stuff later on in life. And so with my kids, I'm really big on, you need to learn all this stuff now because when you get out there into the world, there's nobody to teach you these things. And you're kind of like floundering out there. Like, I don't know how to get any of this done. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember owning my first home and being like, why hasn't anybody picked up that cup? Why is it still sitting out? <laughs> yeah. I see both sides of that. Casey, where do you kind of fall in this? Oh, I am a control freak, <laughs> to be honest. I, Here we go. I struggle, 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 struggle with letting things go. I think part of it's because I have an expectation in my brain and I can have, I have this picture of what it should be and how it needs to happen. Um, and so when there are things that I need, to, that we need to get done, that needs to get done, I hold so tightly to those things. It's just easier for me to just do it. It's fine. Or... I don't want my children looking like rag muffins. And so I am the one putting their clothes on and doing all these things. But then when it came, it came to a point where I realized that I have so many other things and other responsibilities that I have to do in the morning that clothes is the least of my worry. So I started kind of delegating that back out to the girls, like go, like I'll tell them in the morning, you know, you know, do your morning duties, wash your face, brush your teeth put your clothes on, get your shoes on, get your socks, all the things. And I kind of push it back on them because I think that removes a little bit of the decision fatigue because then we get into the struggle of, I don't want to wear that. I don't want to do that. Uh, uh, whereas now it's on them. And so that that's one less stress that I have to worry about because I have um, two very, very varying personality children. One is very easy She'll just wear what I, she, from the time she was a baby, she would just wear what I would tell her to wear. She's my oldest. My youngest, from the time she was able to talk, 18 months, she was already arguing with me over what shirt she wanted to wear for that day. And I was like, we're starting this now at 18 months. <laughs> so when I, when I started to kind of reevaluate things, I realized I needed to really just let go. And that's really hard, I think. Um, so hard. It yeah. is, and I think that it's a little bit, it gets easier as my kids are older, they're like eight and 10. So it's getting a little bit easier to kind of like give them more responsibility, give them kind of the reins to their life. Casey, going back to what you said, like all the things they have to do in the morning, I have a list on the fridge. This is all the things you have to get done in the morning and the boys, their reward, if they get done with all that, they get a little bit of iPad time before we have to leave. You know, now if they get done with all of that and we're walking out the door, so sad to bad, you should have gotten up earlier. You should have gotten through the items earlier. 
same during soccer season. They've got a, there's a different list on the fridge of all the things you have to have in your soccer bag, fill your water bottle up, get all that stuff done before we can walk out the door. And again, once you get that done, if it's not time to go, you've got extra technology time. So that's kind of their like intrinsic motivator to like get that stuff done. But I really, I hate giving them technology in the morning because as a teacher, you can tell those kids who have been watching TV when they come in because they're all like jazzed because <laughs> that technology like gets their brain going just a little too quickly for school. But that being said, like as a teacher, you have this mentality of like pick your battles. So like mm-hmm. with your girls clothes, like pick your battles. My mom is always on me about how my children look homeless and they really do. I mean, my son wears the same pants over and over again. He's got holes in the knees but it's what he wants to wear. But I also don't feel like my children's clothes is a reflection on me as a mom. Mm-hmm. It's more of a reflection on them having really poor style. So <laughs> that's fair. how I see it. Fair. fair. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about guilt, mom guilt. How do you delegate decision-making without feeling guilty? Whether it's delegating decisions, putting it back on your children, um, asking help from other people, whether it's other people in your, in your life, like help, for example, for me, I would always feel guilty with, um, asking my parents to babysit because I need some time to do some of these things. And that's just, I feel like it's a little bit of a burden also within the co-parenting realm. Um, how do you delegate without feeling guilty because I think a lot of people fall into that. Yeah. I feel that I do so much for you people and I give up so much (laughs) of myself and what I want to do with my day to, to take care of you that in those moments that I'm asking you to help or participate in this, I don't feel guilty about that. Now, where I do feel that I find that mom guilt is when maybe I am kind of going for a massage or getting my nails done or, you know, kind of doing those little extra self-care things that I'm taking time away from the kids. And then, then I kind of feel a little bit guilty sometimes as a writer, I can go into this kind of like writing tunnel and hole and write for hours on end. And then I like come back up and I'm like, I've lost an entire day. I'm sorry. Then I feel guilty that I've just kind of like left everybody out there floundering throughout the day because I was just so engrossed in what I wanted to do. And I just kind of ignored my mom responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think mom guilt is like a whole thing that mm-hmm. you struggle with big or small, like Anne, you know, I mean, I feel like I have mom guilt with my kids, but I feel like I have it a lot of times with my husband because I, I have, a, have, you know, coined that to be my job, you know, and, and I have an amazing, like helpful husband and shout out to those husbands that are, but it's, again, it goes back to the guilt and the control that sometimes we just have to just let it go, I think. And that's hard. That's easier said than done. Yeah, Jane, something um, going back to like a job that you feel is delegated to you so that you feel guilty asking your husband to do it. I I was like that initially, like there were jobs I had to do and there were jobs my husband had to do. And when he didn't do it, I would get so frustrated and angry with him because he wasn't getting it done. And then my mother-in-law gave me the best advice I think I've ever had. And it like changed our marriage. She said, if both of you believe in this family and are working to do the best things for this family, then 
just do what needs to be done. Like if you see that the trash is full, take the trash out. The next time he sees it, he'll take it out. If the kids need to be bathed, whoever, who's ever in that moment with those kids, bathe the kids. Like instead of saying, these are your jobs and these are my jobs, just actively work to support each other in this relationship and support getting all these things done. And it was a game changer for our relationship because then as long as he was actively like helping when he was there and able to do it, I felt good. Like, okay, he's, he's in this with me. He's helping me do all these things. So now I don't mind putting that work in there too. Now the problem would come (laughs) if you have your significant other, just not really helping support you in any way. That's when you kind of have to sit back. I feel like, and think, okay, what is something that maybe I could ask of him to do. So we came across this when we started meal planning, which is a whole nother episode and a whole nother amazing thing you can do to help with your decision-making issues. That was always my issue was what's for dinner, what's for dinner. But so when we talked about, you know, who's, what are we having for dinner? The big thing was he's cooking on the weekends now. I don't care what you cook. He's a good cook though. So it's, everything's going to be good. But he was, he took on that, like, you're going to cook every Saturday. You're going to go out there. You're going to get on your grill and you're going to make us something delicious. And so that was one day I didn't have to worry about it. So that was kind of, you know, a little baby steps into like taking one thing and saying, Hey, you're here with me all day, Saturday. Like you can cook Mm -hmm. just as easily as I can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes you both parties don't realize it. I know I didn't realize that because, um, and you and I were talking a few weeks ago about meal planning and I was griping about how much I hated it. And you had shared that with me. You're like, Oh yeah, my husband cooks on the weekend. And for me, it was such a light bulb moment because my husband is also a great cook. It just makes sense for me to do the meals because I work from home. So if he were to do the meals, we wouldn't be eating till like eight o'clock at night. Yeah. So it makes sense in our, like in our stage of life right now. But when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, you are so right. He could totally make dinner on Saturday and Sunday and figure out Sunday lunch. And those are things that are off of me and off of my plate because by, by Friday, I'm just done with trying to figure out meals. You know, I'm like, cooking is not my gift, nor is it my love language. Now I love it. It is not my gift either. (laughs) But (laughs) when it comes to making those decisions, it's just one more thing for me. It does not bring me joy. Um, And so I pitched that to my husband and well, granted, I pitched this to him at like 1130 at night when I came home (laughs) and he agreed to it. And then the next day he was like, (laughs) what are we having for dinner? And I said, well, you said last night that you would handled dinner this weekend. He kind of laughed and said, well, you gave me a 12 hour notice. I, (laughs) I need to figure out what I'm doing. I'm like, well, have fun. (laughs) So he made a good dinner that night, but that has awesome. uh, That has honestly been a game changer, just that small delegation there. Um, And I will say I was a little nervous going into it just because it is a different thing. It's a little bit of a change. And so I didn't know how he would necessarily react, um, especially pitching it at like 1130 at night and he was half asleep. Um, But I think that, you know, in a in a partnership, I think that's what you have to do. Sometimes you have to bring these things to light and you have to just share um, like little things in a manner that 
is well received. And I think that, you know, sometimes they just don't realize it. Like I didn't realize it. He didn't realize it. Right. See, I think bringing it up in bed is the best place, right? There you go. <laughs> you know, I, can't I, I <laughs> you can't take it back then. I also wanted to chime in on this because I think the communication is so important because the truth is, is as your kids evolve, so does your household, right? So the way things looked when we had newborns and toddlers is different now with the 12 and eight year old. You know, I mean, we have one kid that's up at 530, you know, but my husband is a morning person. So like he enjoys having his coffee with him. I am the night owl, you know, and so I'm, I'm a grumpier person in the morning. So like we've learned these things about each other that allow us to have that communication to be like, okay, can you get up at, at 530 with them? Because I've, you know, and so it makes everybody happy. It doesn't make us feel resentful. I don't have that mom guilt because I know he's getting time with his dad, which is so important because if I just thought he was sitting out there on his iPad at 530 and no one got up till 630, I would have mom guilt. You know, I would be like, okay, I have to, but I just think in these moments, the lesson to be learned is it's worth asking. It's worth talking through, like, here's what my week looks like. You know, um, my husband's recently been studying for some tests he has to take for work. So, you know, he has made me aware of that. So he's staying up later. So I've taken some of those early morning shifts um, and he's not as present. So that makes it harder. But I don't feel resentful because I know we're just in a phase and we've communicated about it. So I think that's the key. But I honestly haven't figured out how to take away the guilt from asking the um, grandparents for help because I will put so much on my husband and I, and then I'm like, Oh, we haven't been on a date in six months. My mom will tell you that I clearly don't feel guilty at all because I ask her for help all the time, but I'm like, you're a grandmother. That's what you do. Right? Like you come and you spend time with the grandchildren. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to do that every day? <laughs> every, everyone listening is going to want to channel their inner Anne. <laughs> Channel yes. your inner aunt. She has no mom guilt. You can ask her mom for help. She's coming and her husband cooks on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Jane, you made a great point about changing seasons because I think in the rush of life and we're constantly on the go and children are growing so fast and life just changes. I think we forget that how we were when our children were babies. That's not how life is like that. We can't continue that, you know? Um, Cause I know for me, just life just sneaks up. Like we're getting into another phase of life. Um, you know, my children are both in elementary school. We don't have anybody in preschool. Um, and so just keeping that in mind and realizing that, Oh yeah, maybe I am feeling a little overwhelmed because what was working back three years ago, or even 18 months ago is not gonna, it's not gonna fly. It's, it's very stressful. And so I think being aware of changing seasons and having those conversations, and like you said, communication is really key. Because I mean, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes we just don't realize it until things are going we don't really bad. Yeah. And also just accepting that, okay, you know, we're, we're in a struggle right now. You know, we are in a season of life that is intense. The kids have a lot going on. Uh, you know, I have a lot going on with work, my husband also, you know, and just accepting that is what it is. 
and not putting so much pressure on ourselves as moms, because I think a lot of times we create our own pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, we think we need to be all these things and do all these things. And the truth is, is we just need to be present with our kids when they're there. And that's easier said than done when you have 900 things going on in your head and someone has to make sure the ballet shoes are in the bag and they get to ballet on time. But, you know, okay, so they're five minutes late. You know, I mean, it is what it is in that season. You're not going to be five minutes late every time, you know, but um, we as women just, we're so hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are. And Jane, uh, going back to that, a friend of mine sent me a picture this past weekend. She was doing like a living room slumber party with her kids, you know, and then popped them popcorn and they were watching a movie. She's got three very young children. And I remember texting back and being like, I'm just surprised you're doing anything with them. Like having three young kids is really hard. And so I always look at my friends with younger kids now that mine are older and I'm like, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You will get there. <laughs> there will be a day. Cause I think sometimes parent, other moms do look and compare themselves to other moms and say, why does it feel so hard for me right now? Yet it seems so easy for you. Well, I'm in a completely different, like Casey said, phase and season of my life with my children. So like, mm -hmm. you'll get there, you'll get to the next point. And guess what? When you get there, it's still hard. We just entered middle school and I'm like, can someone take me back to the toddler years? That felt so much easier, you know? And, but no, also just, that. <laughs> oh, 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 um, just loving them where they're at and accepting that I'm just, I'm literally every day, like this is the season we're in. Okay. We got this. We're going to take this one issue at a time and we're just going to tackle it. And, and I think the best part about the whole thing is having a partner who has that same mindset, right? You know, I mean, the best part is, you know, as we all have talked, you know, we have three very helpful husbands. So what if, what if you don't have that? You know, what, what does that look like for you? I guess is my, is what I bring to you ladies, because not everyone has that ability and to turn it off or not everyone has the husband Casey that says, Oh, okay. You want me to cook on Saturday and Sunday? I definitely will. Um, so their weight is heavier. And, and I, I, I think about those women all the time, you know, being with a, a man who is a loving father and dad and partner. Um, but I know that's not the reality for everyone out there. Also, too, I think if you are a stay-at-home mom, you have a lot more mom pressure, too, to make sure that you're doing all the things for the household, all the things for the children, because that's your contribution to the family, you know, and your husband's working, and that's his contribution to the family. But I encourage those moms, too, to remember that every child needs their father. They need that father figure. They need that father, that dad time. So that might be where you start, not, hey, do a load of laundry for me, but hey, take the kid fishing, you know, or hey, why don't you go throw baseball at the park with him? Again, I have boys, so I don't, I don't know about girls, but, <laughs> but, you know, having, you know, kind of asking your significant other, maybe to just spend that dad time with them. And then that is kind of relieving having to take care of the kid and do all that stuff on the side too. It could also be as simple as just doing chores together. I mean, as simple as that is, like for we have recently transitioned into everybody cleans up after dinner. It doesn't fall on mom. It doesn't fall on dad. It doesn't fall on just the kids. But each person has their thing that they all do, whether it's like one is putting dishes 
into the dishwasher, one is unloading, one is wiping the table or whatever the case may be. Um, I usually don't have to help clean up because I make the mess. <laughs> so <laughs> that is also like my, my kind of my jurisdiction, but this has kind of fallen into a family event essentially it's like I make the dinner and then we eat together and then it's like one will one will go do the dishes and the other one will put stuff away wipe the table etc my husband will help out with some of the things that they can't get to or putting knives away or whatever but I think just um you know finding creative ways to involve everybody yeah. in a way that makes sense. I think that's also really helpful because you're also teaching your children how to handle like just basic responsibilities. And I think when they see that we're all working together, they also have that ownership and they realize yeah. that they live here too. I love that you say that, Casey, because I think seeing mom and dad work together, you know, and then making it a family affair, like we do the same thing after dinner. Obviously, if there's nothing going on, sometimes one's rushing out the door, but like turning on the music really loud and everyone's dancing and singing, like trying to make it like, okay, well, mom and dad have, you know, we all have our role in this house, but why can't we do it and have fun? Mm -hmm. Or look at mom and dad doing this together. You know, we might have had an argument earlier in the night about what we we're eating for dinner, but like we can communicate it, overcome it. And that allows them to see that they can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, Jane, your kids are going to emulate your relationship. So like, you've got to think about that too. The, the relationship that you're showing your kids that you and your husband have, that's the relationships that they're going to seek as adults. That's the kind of relationship that they're going to form as adults too. So you've got to make sure you're always kind of thinking about that too. Like what example do I want my kids to see in this relationship? One of those things is like, if my husband and I start fighting in front of the kids, we have to finish fighting in front of the kids. Like they have to see us come to that resolution. Cause I think so many times we think that people start a fight and then just somehow we're all better. And it's like, no, you just missed the makeup part because we, we went away and had that fight and then we made up and now we're fine. But to them it's, Oh, you fight. And then you just forget about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's not how it went down. <laughs> Yeah. No. And I agree. That's a whole nother thing. But it, it, the truth in all of it is, is when everyone's helping as moms, we feel like we're on a team instead of rowing in this boat alone, just taking care of all these people. And like I always say to my husband, I have this job and no one ever says thank you. I never get a bonus or, a, you know, can I take a PTO day? I, I'd like a mental health day too, people. You know, the stomach bug is the best thing you can ever get as a mom because you're like, oh, I got the stomach bug. Nobody wants this. I right. right. Oh, and if you get COVID, you get two weeks. Yes, please. I'll take right. But once we knew that COVID, you could just isolate and you were safe. But, you know, the truth is, is that's how we feel as moms. And so we want to be appreciated. Yes, dads listening. We want to be appreciated. We just want to hear we're doing a good job because trust me, we are our own worst enemy when it comes. To, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I can, I can find myself to pick on with anything when it comes to mom guilt that I'm doing it wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. Another thought I just had is sometimes when we do get into those situations where we have to do all the things or make the decision as to like, oh, I have to do this and this and this. Um, sometimes it's best to just say straight out, like, okay, we have dishes to clean and somebody needs to help with homework. Which one do you want? And posing it as a question, like, here are the options. 
and then giving it back. It's more of a, oh, like we have a lot of things, not just, hey, I need you to do it. Like, go do it. Because that can also turn really resentful too, because sometimes we don't see the big picture or sometimes our spouses don't see the big picture of all the things that we have to do. And so that's another thing, like when my girls were really little, it was really asking the question and my husband would ask the question to me too, like, would you rather do the dishes or would you rather deal with the screaming child? And I'm like dishes i hate right. the dishes but that's the lesser of the two evils and he's like okay that's that's fine right. and same with him too um sometimes we'll pose the question and if he's having a time just a time where he's a little stressed out and needs a little bit of alone time he'll he'll take on the cleaning responsibilities and i'll handle all the the zoo or the homework I, or whatever. Yeah, which I think is good, Casey, because, you know, I think Anne falls on the left, I fall in the middle. And then as you said, you're, you struggle with control. I think that allows the moms who maybe don't co- feel comfortable saying, hey, I need your help, saying, hey, we have two things to do after dinner, folding the laundry or doing the homework with the kids. Which one would you like? In other words, like I'm giving you a task. I need your help. It's, you know, without saying, will you help me? And then a husband that might say no. Um, I think that gives it a more positive communication. Maybe. And also sometimes too, we feel overwhelmed in the moment. Like I remember, especially when the kids were younger, I'm working a full-time job. There was a point where I was working two full-time jobs here recently, and it was very overwhelming. I'm coaching the boys' soccer teams, and there was just a lot going on. And I felt like I was doing everything, and I made a very big mistake with my husband. And I, and I told him, I said, I feel like I'm doing everything. So he's like, okay, let's make a list. And I started making a list of all the things he was doing versus I was doing. And he was, he was ended up, he was doing more. Of course he claimed the laundry and I was like, you can't claim the laundry unless you folded and put it up. So I get to claim it too. Cause I did half of it. But, um, just to kind of sit down though, again, that communication piece of seeing, oh, you are doing stuff. I just, it's, I'm not feeling that relief because there's just so much right now, Mm -hmm. you know, so that too, kind of understanding that, you know, sometimes we feel like we're doing everything, but that your spouse is helping you. Mm -hmm. Are they trying to help you? Mm -hmm. I like the posing of the question that with teaching, this is how we approach every student because you want them to feel like they have choices. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want A or B? They don't really want either. You know, nobody wants to do the dishes, but I definitely don't want to deal with the crying kid. So it's like neither one of them really sound good, but just the fact that I feel like I had a choice in it, it has a different connotation to Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I think too, in those situations, for me, it's always a mental game. Like, okay, we could drag this night on or we can get everything done really fast because everybody's pulling their weight together simultaneously and then we'll have fun after. And so I think for me, it's also that mental game. Um, And that's something that we're trying to get our girls to learn too, is like, hey, the longer we drag this out, we won't be able to have any fun. But if we just, Hey, zip it up and do it all together, then, you know, we can have fun as a family or the girls can have fun together or whatnot. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, those are just a few things that I think may help as we're kind of navigating through parenting and children and all of the things that come with making decisions Casey, real quick, when you just said, like, um, everybody's helping out and, like, kind of doing together, it reminded me of a funny story. My kids love this. 
I feel like every time I'm like, I sit down and I have a second, right? I'm like, I'm just going to take a second and sit down. They ask me for something. And my big comeback is, sorry, mommy's legs are broken. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm in this chair, I'm not, I'm not getting up. (laughs) So either figure out how to do it yourself or wait for me to get up. It might be, it might be a minute. It might be 10. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Totally understand that. All right. Well, before we wrap up, do we have a mom hack this week? So going back to kind of making, being the ultimate decision maker, you know, typically we're the ones that have to plan the meals and something that we've started doing is pizza Friday. And I know a lot of people know about this, but it's just like, it's one meal I don't have to worry about. It's one thing I don't have to deal with. And honestly, my kids have grown to love it. Like if a Friday comes around and we're not having pizza, they're like, is it not Friday? What's happening? Like, why don't we get pizza on Friday? And it kind of sets up the weekend too, which is really nice. It's like Friday, we're moving into the weekend. They feel that excitement over the weekend that they're going to get a couple of days off of school. So it, um, it really helps. It just, it takes one thing off my plate. And then we also do like taco Tuesday, another thing, like just pick a day, make that the same every single week. And that's one less day you have to worry about it. I love that. And we do pizza Friday quite often at our house too. And sometimes Aldi has the gigantic pizzas for like $6, which is also a great like little hack there too. Yeah. And there's that meme about, um, I always thought pizza Friday was like a, like a excitement or an extra for having a good week as a kid. But now as a parent, I realize it's because the moms are so, our mom or dad are like so tired from the week and over it that they're not doing anything but pizza on Friday. (laughs) Amen. Love it. Well, that wraps up our episode of being the ultimate decision maker. So we will see you again next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to Raising Pensacola, a Pensacola Mom Collective podcast. Make sure you follow Raising Pensacola and Pensacola Mom Collective on Instagram and Facebook. If you like the episode, give us a like, review, and let's keep the conversation going. Let us know what you want to talk about.